Hello, 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 everybody. Today we have with us Charlie Friedman, who is founder and head of school of Nashville Classical. Charlie, welcome to the episode. Today I'm very interested to know about your journey, your life, your day to day, and if I can pick one or two routines from his life and I can start using them in my life. Great, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Fantastic, Charlie. To start with, why don't you tell everybody uh, uh, what do you do these days? I know head of school of Nashville Classical, but what does it look like if somebody has to visualize it? Great. Yeah. So I'm the um, founder and head of school at a public charter school. And so um, our school opened in 2013 with one grade kindergarten um, and about 89 students. And then we've added a grade every year since then. So today we've got 502 students in grades K to seven. Um, and then we actually have plans to open two additional campuses. And so we want to grow to 2000 students over the next 10 years. Um, which is really exciting. And so I get to wake up every day and greet the 500 kids who come into our building and the 56 staff that work for us and um, lead them to our mission. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, I was curious, what led you to start a school? I mean, what, what does the journey look like? Uh, where did you begin? And what was that point at which you thought, hey, I should go ahead and start a school actually? Yeah. So I... Um, right out of school, right out of college, I was a, a public school teacher in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and so I taught at an urban public school, um, part of a big school system, the big district. And um, believe it or not, when I got to my school, one of the things I found was just that, you know, big urban school systems, um, you know, they're, they're full of lots of like hardworking, kind, wonderful families and kids and teachers. Mm -hmm. But they're also, you know, unorganized and chaotic and bureaucratic. And okay. the best sort of example I can give of that um, is my very first year. Mm -hmm. I, you know, showed up to the school. I told them I was there to teach, um, that I'd been assigned to that school. Mm -hmm. And the woman in the office, she looked at a piece of paper and she said, we don't have a record of you being here. Wow. And I would say, okay. And so you know, the kids were coming in three days. And so I just sort of hung out in the office and I would hear them say, you know, we don't have a seventh grade reading teacher, which is what I taught. Okay. Um, but they would say, well, we don't have, we don't, your name's not on the list. It can't be you. And so I came okay. back the second day, same thing happened. They said, you know, your name's not on the list. Meanwhile, I sort of see that there's not a seventh grade reading teacher. Mm -hmm. Clear to me that this is a problem. Um, and so eventually, you know, it's the day the kids come and probably about 30 minutes after all the students had shown up. So students are in the hallways, finding their classes first day of school. Mm -hmm. um, our principal finally said to me, here's a key to, you know, room 307. It's all yours. Go for it. Um, okay. And so I just think, right, like what a auspicious beginning um, mm -hmm. to my teaching career as part of a big student or a big system. Um, and so, you know, I, like I said, I had, lots of amazing colleagues. I had really, really wonderful students that I worked with, families who really cared about their kids a lot. But it was just so much bureaucracy and it was completely unclear who made decisions or how they made them. Um, and so I did that for five years and the whole time I just thought, um, I really think I could do this better. I, like if I were in charge, I would do this. If I were in charge, I would do this. If I were in charge, I would do this. Um, and eventually I found a national training program that's called Building Excellent Schools that, that does exactly that. They uh, take people who say, if I were in charge, I would do this. And they say, 
how would you like to be in charge? Um, okay. And so they gave me um, a year-long fellowship where mm-hmm. I had a chance to just work in a community and research and design and build a school. And so um, what I did was for a year, I would meet with parents and families and I would meet with them at libraries and churches and their kitchen tables, the basements of rec centers. Um, and I'd hear about the dreams that they had for their kids. And I would tell them about you know the promise of our school, which was a college preparatory public school. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, sort of between their dreams and our promises, we, we managed to get the school open. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, so I just want to understand why did that principal thought that you were not on the record? I mean, it's because of the bad organization of the information or something? Yeah. Like so it was like, you know, a, a glitch in human resources and someone, oh. you know, didn't send a paper that I was supposed to have. And, you know, I think probably they, you know, had to send it. Like it was like a hard copy form that someone would have to drive from one office to another. Just everything you could imagine about like a, okay. a bureaucracy, right? Like you don't have, you need to have form A27 to, to be assigned to get to this school. And I had form A28, all of that. Oh, wow. Okay. So this was uh, not the perfect organization. So now in your school, uh, what did you do differently? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so the short answer, right, is everything. And I think that's important because, right, it's not one thing that's going to make an organization different or great. Um, it really is all of the little things. Um, I had a, a mentor once, right, who said, like, there's not sort of a 100% solution, but there might be 101% solutions. And I think that's that's what we try to do. And so I think a lot of that work starts with you have to hire, obviously, really great people, right? Talented, hungry, smart, hardworking people. Mm-hmm. And then you have really clear roles and responsibilities. And then really clear systems for those people to get feedback so that they can improve. Um, and in particular, we sort of start the year with um, really trying to set what is mean to work here? What is sort of the culture? What are the procedures of sort of the adults that work here? How do we interact with each other? And then that really sets the tone. And then in that very first day, we start giving people feedback so that they get used to being coached and given feedback. Um, and by virtue of that, you know, you're able to hopefully build a cycle that's virtuous where people improve and get better. Got it. So uh, if I have to start visualizing the differences in your school versus the other schools, uh, how do I start visualizing them? I mean, uh, did you adopt... Uh, digital organization instead of uh, passing along a hard copy of forms here and there um, uh, between different departments. I mean, how do I start visualizing the differences between Nashville Classical and these other schools that uh, were there before you? Yeah. So, you know, if you imagine our school, right, and you're trying to picture it, um, Mm -hmm. if you're a parent, you're a kid. So you're going to drive up in the car line and your car is going to pull up to the door of the school and then a teacher is actually going to be waiting and they're going to open the door of your school, you know, like you were pulling up to the Ritz-Carlton hotel, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's raining, that teacher is going to have an umbrella for your kid as they get out. They're going to say good morning to your kid and your kid's going to get out and your kid's going to be wearing a school uniform. So they're going to wear a polo with our school's name and its logo on it. They're going to be wearing khaki pants. They're going to be wearing a belt. They're going to be wearing um, shoes, sneakers, head to toe, right? Um, and then that kid's going to walk up and either me or one of our assistant principals or our, or our principal will be at the front door. They're going to mm-hmm. shake 
hand, they're going to say, good morning, Mohit. You're going to say, good morning, Mr. Friedman. If you don't look me in the eyes, they'll say, let's do that one more time. Good morning, Mahit. They'll say, good morning, Mr. Friedman. And then you're going to walk into the building. And then guess what? When you walk in the building, um, mm -hmm. we're going to have built into the um, floor uh, colored tile so that you know which way to walk to find your classroom. Because it's, wow. it's been a long time since any of us were in kindergarten. But mm -hmm. you know, that first day of school is scary. You don't know where to go. Um, yes. And so you're gonna, we're going to say just follow the blue tile or follow the blue line, follow the red tile, red line. And you're going to walk on that and it's going to take you exactly to where you need to go. And then you're going to get to a desk and that desk is going to have your name tag on it. And your name tag is going to have our logo and our colors. Um, in your desk, there's going to be, you know, independent reading books. There's a pencil pouch that already has a fresh pack of crayons, a glue stick, scissors, right? And so all of that, that's like a world-class experience. And, you know, your, your teacher hasn't even started the day yet. And mm -hmm. already, if you're a kid, you sort of hopefully understand that this is a place where there are, are high expectations and there's high support. And, and those two things are sort of what I need to be successful. Wow. And, um, okay, this is beautiful. And this is the first day of a kid's school sure. life? Or yeah, this is every first. day? This is, yeah, so it's, it's the first day, but it's the last day too. It's every day. Oh, wow. So every single day, somebody would be out to receive the children. Mm -hmm. Every single day, teachers would receive the children. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this is beautiful. Uh, this is a world-class experience. And if we have to talk a little bit about, about organization within the institution, so between the teachers and different departments, how do you organize information now? Yeah. So that's a great question too, right? So if you're a teacher at our school, so maybe even let's go back to same thing, right? You're a teacher at our school. You're showing up for your first day of work. So what's going to happen? So you're going to walk into the building. Same thing. There's going to be a big sign saying, you know, welcome teachers, welcome back. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a table. And on that table, there's going to be a gift bag with your name on it. And in that gift bag, there's going to be, you know, a Nashville Classical t-shirt, a Nashville Classical water bottle. Um, there's going to be a binder. And in that binder, there's going to be our employee policy manual, our benefits manual, our manual on student procedures. You have all your manual on your procedures. Um, mm -hmm. And then you're going to get your computer. Um, you're going to get all of the technology that you need. Um, and then all of that's going to happen. Then you're going to walk into our auditorium and there's going to be a nameplate with your name and it's going to have a, you know, an assigned seat for you. There's going to be your breakfast, which is set out for you on this first day of staff training and development. And so just all of those things, right? Thinking about that onboarding experience from the first moment. But the reality is, right, like, obviously, we can't give every teacher breakfast every day. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, can't give yes. you a new computer every day either. But uh, if you're a teacher, when you would come to school, every morning, 7-17, our entire school is um, going to come together in our, in our hallway for a short mm -hmm. stand-up meeting. Okay. And it's interesting because, you know, these are things that are common, I know, at, you know, tech organizations, they're common at mm -hmm. lots of businesses. Um, they're, they're common in like food service restaurants, right? But uh -huh. in mm -hmm. schools, they never happen. So, you know, your normal school, someone will just sort of call you on your phone and they'll say, hey, there's an assembly in five minutes, go. But so we'll let that stand up. Yes. We'll say, here's what's happening today. Here's some things that might be different. You know, remember, there's a fire drill at 1.30. Mm -hmm. um, then we'll do some shout outs at the end of the day. And we have a little mascot. It's a little stuffed animal, Socrates, 
Um, and it gets, you know, passed along, passed around. So one person gets it each day and we'll sort of cheer on that person. And that's just, that's how we start our day as a staff, right? But one, it means that we know if everyone's in the building on time because it starts at 717 sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, it means that we can make sure that we start the day on the same page, which is so valuable. Fantastic. And do you still teach? I don't still teach. Uh, I do from time to time get to cover a class or be in small groups, but that happens less and less often now. Got it. Okay. So uh, I'm curious what happened last year. I mean, uh, in 2020, when everybody was at home, uh, what was your life or what was your school doing? Yeah, was that's, a, that's a great question. So on you know March 6th or March 7th, mm-hmm. um, we went home on a, went on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and the NBA canceled their games. And then I think a couple hours later, the mayor of Nashville sent out a message that said all public schools are going to be closed for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So we thought, okay, two weeks, we'll be back soon. And I think I started to get an inkling and some people on our team that were really smart, they sort of were peeking around the corner, I think. And they said, look, if other cities, it looks like it's going to be longer than two weeks. I don't, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be coming back too soon. And so, and I wish I could say that, that, you know, I was the one who, who did any of this really people on our team took the lead and what they realized was, Hey, we need to do three things, right? Mm-hmm. One is we just need to like care for our team and our community, right? So our students, our teachers as people. Mm-hmm. And every manager needs to make sure that they check in with every employee. They make sure that they feel safe, they feel supported, they feel seen. They know they can come to us for help. Then every teacher needs to get assigned to five or six families. Mm-hmm. We need to make live contact with every family, make sure they're safe, make sure they have food, make sure that they have you know, shelter, make sure they know who to call for help. And so first things first, right? Like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, let's take care of our people. Wow. The second thing we realized was that technology was about to become really, really important. And we just, we didn't have any time to waste. And so uh, our team was incredible. And what they did was they said to families, hey, we're going to do sort of like a contactless drive-through line. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, it's like a Burger King, right? Like you're going to drive through. Yep. And we're going to hand you a backpack. And that backpack's going to have a Chromebook computer. It's going to have a charger. It's going to have like your school books, all your kids' packets, their materials. And like, we're just going to, we're, we're going to make sure you get that. And we're going to do it three days in a row. So, so everybody can come. Um, and so we were able to get a Chromebook in the hands of every family. Um, we got hotspots in the hands of a lot of our families too, who didn't have reliable internet. Um, and we just did that in the very first week. And then I think the last t- thing that we realized which again, but this was all our team and it was just brilliant, is what we realized was we just, we needed a way, these were all things we'd never done before, but mm-hmm. we needed like a really simple thing that was going to be like our metric, the thing that mattered, the thing we chased. Because we didn't even know if, we didn't know if our state was going to count these days as real yes. school. Like There was no sort of accountability. Okay. And so what yes. we decided was, look, every day, Kids are going to have to turn in one English assignment, one math assignment, one social studies assignment. 
our goal is to get 90% of assignments mm -hmm. every grade. And we're going to create spreadsheets to track that. And we're going to use that to see if kids are engaging or not. And, oh, and I think really like, you know, we, we sort of made sure our people felt safe and seen. We made sure people had the tools that they needed to be successful. And then we just sort of kept our eye on the ball of what results we thought mattered. And we thought we were going to do that for two weeks and we ended up doing it for almost a year. It, it continued to change. You know, we started to build a full live schedule of classes, real Zoom classes. We built a whole manual on how to teach effectively over Zoom. And then mm -hmm. um, we, we reopened recently and um, we have about 52% of our students are in the building, 48% are home. And so um, we're, we're running sort of like a hybrid model and, and figuring that out now too. So it's by choice. So if somebody wants to come in, they can come in. If somebody okay. doesn't want to come in, they can, yeah. oh, wow. Uh, but doesn't that make your life difficult to uh, manage both these different kinds of students now? Yeah, it does. Um, it's a good question. It's not easy. I think part of what it's forced us to do, and I think, you know, employers and businesses and companies all over the world are coming to some of the same realizations is like, we're just, we're really focused on what's essential right now. And so, you know, if a meeting doesn't need to happen, we're not doing it. If an assignment doesn't need to get completed, we, we shouldn't do it. We're really trying to focus on the things that matter most. And so I think that it's been incredibly challenging and, you know, for teachers who are spending six, seven hours a day on zoom with kids on zoom with kids. Yes. Um, they're just, doing incredibly hard work. Um, but I hope we've made it a little bit more sustainable by just trying to like strip away any of the stuff that, that doesn't matter. Absolutely. Uh, Charlie, this is beautiful. Uh, I mean, uh, fantastic job at whatever you have done. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so you do not teach right now. Mostly you are managing and overseeing all of this and making sure that all of this machinery keeps running smoothly. Uh, so in this context, what does your typical day look like? I know typical day is not always the ideal day, but uh, uh, what does your typical day look like? When do you start? Uh, when do you wrap up? When do you, uh, how, like throughout the day, how does your afternoons look like? When do you uh, take out time for yourself or family? Like anything that you could tell us? Yeah, so I, th I think about this stuff a lot, so I'm happy to also, I think there's like a bad light behind me, sorry. I've got a 15-month-old child. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I, I have to think about time pretty carefully. So, typical day. Um, so, my alarm is set for, uh, so, okay, I wake up early. Um, I could tell you how I could, I could say. Um, so, my alarm is set for 5.15, and so okay. I wake up. Um, do two things as soon as I wake up, three things. Um, so I get coffee started. Um, I empty the dishwasher from the night before <laughs> okay. and I'll set up and lay out my son's breakfast. Um, okay. and so, um, I'll do that. And then I do like short sort of like 15 minutes of exercise at home. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't have to go to the gym, no travel time or anything. Um, and then I'll try from about, 540, 540 to 6.20. I, I try to get at least 30 minutes. If I'm good, I'll get 40 if I'm moving fast in the morning. Um, I'll sit down and I'll actually do like uninterrupted work for about 40 minutes. And I know some people like 
want to get, you know, two hours, things like that. Um, but that's usually when I'm like, if I'm trying to draft a memo to our team or I'm working on a five-year financial model for the school right mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. um, I'm working on a sort of set of slides that'll be a strategic plan that'll sort of map out what it looks like to add schools. And so I do all that in the morning, 6.30, get dressed and um, take my dog for a short walk. And then I'll spend about five minutes or so with my son while he eats breakfast. And then I sort of change his diaper, get him dressed in the morning too. Mm -hmm. um, I get to work usually right around 7.15. I'm lucky. I live about five minutes away from, from school. Okay. I don't have mm -hmm. much of a commute. Um, we do our 7.17 meeting. And then from 7.20 to 7.40, I'll just walk around our building. I'll try to say hi to staff and just check in with people and make sure they're doing okay. Um, 7.40 to 8 o'clock is our family arrival. So I'm shaking hands or in the car line or somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and then right now, um, I have quite a few um, direct reports who I work with. So okay. um, I have, because I'm, I'm covering for someone who's out on uh, maternity leave. Um, so right now I've got about 10 or so people that um, I meet with. And so usually I'm meeting with them once a week or in some cases every other week for about mm -hmm. 60 to 90 minutes. And usually those meetings are accompanied by some kind of side-by-side -side work, right? So we have a one-on-one -on -one where we meet, but mm -hmm. usually also to prepare for that, like I'm looking at some work that they're doing or we go and observe a classroom together or they have a one-on-one -on -one and they'll take a video of it and they'll mm -hmm. send me a video of their meeting so I can give them feedback. Um, so, you know, right there, you've got sort of about like 20 to 25 hours of your week. And then the other sort of big things that I'll spend my time on are one, um, I try every day to visit at least, uh, three classrooms. And so I'll like pop into a classroom usually for about 15 minutes. Um, I try to leave the teacher short feedback through an email where I'll say, here are two things that are going well. Here's one thing to try next time. Um, I'll check in with kids and students as well. Um, and then last of all, um, you know, as we're building out this plan for the next five years, one of the most important parts of it is to hire more staff and to build our team. Um, in teaching, it's, it's a little bit like a, a sports team. Like there's sort of like a seat, like there's like a free agency window. Mm -hmm. So a lot of teachers from sort of March through June they're deciding what to do next year. And so we spend a lot of our time doing interviews. And then I spend a fair amount of my time also on phone calls, trying to source and partner with candidates and things like that. And then, you know, there's other stuff too. So I'm, I'm working with, I sort of am responsible for the financial direction of the organization. Mm -hmm. and I have a board of directors that I report to. And so there's sort of like strategic work that happens as well. And, mm -hmm. um, try to do that always on Mondays or Fridays. So I'll block off Mondays or Fridays for that stuff. School day ends at 2.40. So we have dismissal from 2.40 to 3. Mm -hmm. And then what I usually do is from 3 to 5, um, I try to have it blocked off where I don't have meetings. And so I'm able to like wrap up on the day. That's when I get my emails. So I respond to all of my emails. Um, and I'll plan the next day and sort of try to get one more little burst of uninterrupted work as well. Okay, wow, fantastic. Okay, so 
I am curious if you think in terms of when you have a, whenever you have to plan something, do you think in terms of days, weeks, months or years? I know there is yearly planning that you do uh, when it comes to organization point of view, but your personal things that you have on your plate, something that needs to be done, uh, hire somebody, uh, introduce some new uh, curriculum or some new activity in, the, in, 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 your, in your school. How do you think, uh, how, how do you organize your thoughts? Do you think in terms of days or weeks? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think my answer is like probably all of the above um, if, I'm, if I'm being honest. And so, you know, we have sort of a set of five-year goals that there are three really simple goals for the next five years. Okay. Those cascade down where we say, hey, these are then our goals for the upcoming year, right? Our annual goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll say, so for the quarter, like here are the priorities for the quarter. And then I, every Friday afternoon, sort of say for the next week, like here's what I want to do to get fo- to move that forward. Um, and then every morning do the same thing, right? Where it's, here's what I said for the week. And so what do I do today? And I, th- and I do some of the same things in my, I do some of the same things even with like personal goals, right? So mm-hmm. I'll say, I have one where I'm saying, um, I, I want to, go to, the, I want to, I want to exercise a hundred, a hundred times this year. So I'm just sort of like, yes. I want to get a hundred, hundred days of exercise this year. Um, and so I'm sort of like every week saying, okay, well, how many do I need to get this week? Is, <laughs> is this a week where I'm going to do like five days or one day, right? Am I trying to make up for lost time or what? Uh, yeah. But yeah, just trying to take it one day at a time as you're doing these, these big, big, hairy, audacious things. Got it. Got it. So in your day-to-day life could be related to school or could be or could have some part of your personal life do you still do anything that you would consider creative i mean something that requires you to do sit down to have to do some thinking hard thinking and then come up with something yeah i think so um i mean you know so right now what we're trying to do is um propose and design a second school from scratch right and so okay. in some ways, right, like that's incredibly creative work. We're, we're trying to design a, you know, a 50,000 square foot building. We're trying to figure out how to staff it. We're trying to figure out. And so I just think all of that is sort of fun blank sheet of paper. How do we, how do we build the school, right? Got it. And when do you do this thinking? So this happens between three to five uh, when you sit down with no meetings. Yeah. So usually I, I think it's a great question. So um, usually it happens in that early burst in the morning. Okay. Um, and then it happens in that three to five block at the end of the day as well. Got it. And uh, and how do you do it? I mean, do you use pen and paper? Do you use uh, computer to type out your thoughts or do you just uh, do it mentally in your head? Yeah, great. What a great question. Um, and I don't know if I've ever really thought about that. Mm-hmm. So I, I certainly prefer like pad and paper. And so I keep, I keep two notebooks. Uh, so mm-hmm. like two moleskin notebooks. And one is mm-hmm. um, sort of like a, a daily pages notebook. And so mm-hmm. I use that in the morning before I like get down at my computer, right? That's sort of just like where I'm putting thoughts down for the day. Um, and then I have sort of like my notes notebook where I'm just like taking notes if I'm in a meeting with people doing work, things like that. And so I use that, that meeting notes notebook to like flesh out ideas and sort of brainstorm things. 
um, before I actually like put stuff down to, to paper and on my computer too. I also realized that like, I like to talk stuff out. Okay. And so I'll certainly sometimes also like, I'll schedule a phone call with someone who I trust where I'll say, Hey, can I just sort of bounce an idea off you? And I'll pop in my headphones and go for a walk while I talk it out and figure it out. Got it. Perfect. Okay. Um, interesting. And how do you maintain balance between um, your work and your personal life? I mean, do you have some boundaries set up that you try to follow or uh, it's it's just a cakewalk for you? Are, are you one of those unicorns uh, for whom work-life balance, especially in this pandemic, has just uh, something that comes easy? I, so it's definitely not a cakewalk. A cakewalk. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's interesting. Our, um, I think I told you I have a 15-month-old son. And then my wife actually has, um, she has a, a disability. And so um, she's the sort of strongest, toughest, smartest person I know, but there's some stuff that like is hard for her to do. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's why I get our son dressed in the morning or, um, you know, some of the stuff like cooking at night, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, look, I think like sometimes, sometimes work recharges me for life, if that makes sense. Like sometimes I'm like, hey, I, I actually need a break from my 15 month old. And so sitting down at my computer and looking at a spreadsheet is actually like <laughs> just what the doctor ordered. Right. And, and sometimes uh, being with my family is re recharging me for, for work. Yeah. Um, I think I've learned that like sort of a few things need to be true. Mm -hmm. So and like, I don't know, look, I'm, this is also uh, on a good day. Right. And so nobody's perfect, but um, what I've realized is that the stuff I eat really, really matters. Okay. And so I, I, I don't eat a lot of sugar. I don't eat a lot of, you know, like white bread, bread, stuff like that. Um, and I just, yes. And I, and I feel a whole lot better if I drink water and, and, and eat healthy food. And so I think that's really, really important. Um, and it's just important for like my whole affect, right? It's like, my energy for the day, how I feel, what I'm able to get done. And then I think the second thing that's like really, really important is you got to move. And so just getting those 15 minutes of, I, I like, it's, it's just, I'm not doing anything fancy, but like 15 minutes of, of pushups and air squats and some kettlebell swings in the morning makes a really, really big difference. And getting some kind of walk or movement in, in the middle of the day makes a difference too. And then I think the last thing is that, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar. There's a, a guy, uh, Nir Eyal, who wrote a book, Indistractable. But I think the last thing is that it's not necessarily like I need to be home at this time or mm -hmm. whatever. It's just that whatever I'm doing, I want to be doing it completely. And so, yes. you know, I one of my favorite things to, to do in the whole world is to watch basketball. And, and so I really love to okay. watch the Philadelphia 76ers and watch the NBA. Um and I don't like, if I'm watching basketball, I don't want to mm -hmm. have my computer up and be checking my email while I watch basketball. Like I am, <laughs> I am watching basketball. And, and so sometimes I have my phone cause I'm like reading about basketball on Twitter. Yes. Right. But I'm like, I am, I am, I want to experience that game. And so, you know, I think at the end of the day, if I can try to eat normal things, if I can move a little bit, and then if I do my best to whatever I'm doing in that moment to just be doing it completely, I think that's good. And so th there are days where I only get home to give my my son a bath and put him to bed. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I just, if I'm going to do that, then I want to 
give it my everything. Um, there are days where I'll say I'm going to be done at 4.15 and I get to take a long walk with my family at 4.15. And if I'm going to do that, I want to be the best at that that I can be. Fantastic. Uh, this is beautiful, Charlie. I mean, there's so many small, small things that you do uh, to keep those uh, work-life balances, uh, creative juices flowing. And I'm sure I'll pick a few things. For example, you said this one very interesting thing, just 15 minutes of body movement. Mm-hmm. And and just making sure you are uh, paying attention to whatever you're putting in your body. I mean, uh, earlier, uh, now I'm slowly, slowly getting old. Uh, I'm This year, I'll enter into my 30s. Uh, okay. Before that, I would eat anything and I would be fine. But now, these days, for the last couple of years, I've started realizing if I do not pay attention to what I'm putting in my body, my days are just screwed up. I mean, uh, if I just eat too much carbohydrates, I just feel lazy throughout the day. I depend on my coffee. Uh, I'm trying to cut down how much coffee I take in a day, how much sugar I take in a day. And those are showing up. I mean, um, for last, I think today is the 86th day that I've uh, continuously started doing this intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not just it helped me uh, feel good, but I have realized I have better clarity in my head. Uh, what whatever I'm doing, uh, it feels like a superpower because I'm just able mm-hmm. to think a lot more clearer about it. Uh, uh, this haziness has drastically decreased. Just because I started paying attention in last 86 days, what I'm putting in my body. And I could so relate to you. I just, I think I just need to put in those 15 minutes early in the morning to get that uh, heavy, uh, my heart pounding, uh, that body movement to uh, maybe feel even better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I but, think what I know, what I realized was I was one of those guys who always said, I'm one of those guys who I felt like I just didn't have time to get to the gym. And, um, mm-hmm. And so I just decided to stop making that my excuse. And I was like, if I could do 15 minutes every day and yeah, so I, I'm, I, I, I think it makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Charlie. So um, if we have to uh, talk something on the lighter note, so let me ask you this question. Uh, you have too many things on your plate, uh, too many things going on, but some days you might feel a need to, just say waste or kill 15-20 minutes. Maybe see if some of your meetings got rescheduled and you just have to wait for 15-20 minutes. So in those days, do you have any go-to activity or websites or apps that you use to just kill your time 15-20 minutes? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I so I think I there are three things I do that I think can be helpful here that, that other people might be able to take away too. So I try in my backpack, um, I always keep uh, stationary. Okay. And so if I have sort of like time to kill, um, I try to, if I can, I'll write like a thank you note or something like that to someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think that's like a really valuable thing to do. And in the work I do where I do some fundraising, you know, it's helpful to, it's, it's helpful to sort of send that handwritten note, that personal touch. And so. Yep, um, just yep. if, if we've had, we've had a phone, right. Like something like this, if we've, if I've had a coffee with somebody, I'll try and see if I can get a handwritten letter out to them. And what oh, I found wow. is that the real key is you have to have stationary and stamps with you all the time. So nice. I have a little place at my desk where I keep it and then I'll keep it in my backpack too. 
Um, so that helps, but obviously you can't you can't do that five. You can't you can't do that every time because sometimes you don't have a a note yes. to write. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I um, I will pull up a pocket if I want to do something meaningful. So um, I will look at you know articles I have saved and things like that, things I've been holding on to, um, or the Kindle app on my phone. Um, but then I also I can I can just read about. MBA and the Philadelphia 76ers on Twitter for five, 10 minutes. And <laughs> I am perfectly happy in that piece. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Charlie, this is the last question. And I ask this question to everybody uh, who is on a podcast. Uh, if somehow magically you just got one additional hour every single day for the rest of your life. Now, remember, this is just you getting this hour, not everybody else. So you just have 20, 25th hour in the day. Uh, how would you spend it? I, I know I should have been prepared for this because I've seen it in your in your blog posts. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would. I think I maybe I would just try to if I could if I could maybe I would I'd give it to someone who needed it even more because I feel like I've I've got oh, enough. Wow. Um, yeah. So I think I would do that. Or you know I do like to cook my heat, and so um, I think some days it would be nice to just be able to to nice mm -hmm. cook a nice leisurely meal. So maybe I would do that and. Uh, when you've, when you've got, uh, do you have any kids? No, no, it's, it's, it's tough to cook. It is tough to cook a leisurely meal when you have a baby. Yes. So, uh, maybe just an hour to, to cook a meal by myself would be nice. Oh, wow. So, uh, absolutely beautiful answer to cook a leisurely meal. And also if you could give it to somebody else who needs more, uh, more than you, Charlie, uh, I don't know what I'm having this warm and fuzzy feeling while talking to you exactly how I would feel when I was in school and I was talking to one of my favorite teachers. Oh, that's not very nice of, of you. Yeah. Not all. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not all teachers were my favorite. I mean, I, I, I did not really like my school, but there were a couple of teachers um, uh, to whom I could always go and talk uh, whatever, I, whatever I was feeling or I was going through. Cool. Well, I, that's really nice of you. Charlie, if somebody wants to follow along your journey or maybe know more about you or maybe get in touch with you, what's the best way? Um, you know what? They can always look up our school, which is um, Nashville Classical, or they can find mm -hmm. me. I'm on Twitter at um, Charlie Friedman. Oh, great. Uh, um, and listeners, who, whoever is listening on this um, podcast episode, I'll put all of those links in the show notes of this episode so you can directly click on those links and uh, reach out to Charlie Friedman. Charlie, thank you so Fantastic. much for taking your time. I absolutely, absolutely enjoyed our conversation and especially this warm and fuzzy feeling that I was getting throughout uh, this conversation. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And thanks for um, creating Mailman. It's, it's certainly made a big difference for me and wife, baby, everyone at work. Thanks you. <laughs> thank you so much for these kind words charlie uh, really really a pleasure talking to you all right thank you and take care